Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Meta, a podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jimmy. And if this is your first time tuning in or not, we are the Meta Podcast. That's right. Meta analysis of everything video games and not video games. So, pretty much everything. Yeah, it's everything. Uh, continuing on, we're talking about Resident Evil, the series. We've talked about Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 0, and this episode is Resident Evil... 4. 4. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about, uh, kind of a, an interesting shift that happened in, in the Resident Evil series as a whole. Interesting, indeed. Yeah, pretty much leading up to the entire, I mean, the entire series up to this point has always kind of been, as I described it, this moving through a photograph experience where you're constantly uh, have fixed camera angles, you can interact with your environment a little bit, but like more so just like getting descriptions of like talking to things, picking up items, XYZ, and this game really changes it uh, 180. <laughs> yeah, and could be for the better, could not be. That's what we're going to talk about, yeah. basically, <laughs> because in my opinion, this game has a lot of problems <laughs> that didn't exist in 1, 2, and 3, and it just kind of introduced them. And Paul's a little sick, so you might hear some... Mm, some, some throat clearing. Some throaties. Yeah, but, uh, sorry. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. We're, we're just we're killing it. For the creepy factor. Yeah, it's more creepy, because they're creepy. like, what if I get a virus through <laughs> my ears? Some computer snakes... <laughs> all right all right but uh so jumping into it though um one of the like this kind of tonal shift that happens in the game where uh it becomes way more interactive it's a, a constantly moving camera that follows you it's third person over your shoulder which is totally different for kind of i guess like the theme that resident evil had established this kind of really constricting sort of being I guess we'll choke. That's kind of the same as constricting, but this this feel of like being in a small space where you couldn't really have a lot of maneuverability, and yeah. this game like totally changes the perspective on that to where it feels way more faster paced, way more action packed, and I think part of that kind of has to do with sort of the transition of video games as a whole. Where right. if you think about it, like you know when in PlayStation One and those that era and like you know a little bit of gamecube starting off there wasn't a whole lot of i guess uh, that availability on that platform to have these like open more open world right. like exploration like graphically games. yeah like, that could like be sustained on like an engine like that exactly i mean there were th there were still mmos of the time you know like but they world look like shit <laughs> yeah like i mean i guess in that time like in this time world of warcraft had just come out but like before that you had like everquest which was like still look like shit <laughs> yeah. um and so you had escape <laughs> yeah shit like shit like that where it like it could be done but it just like there was no way you could have it be as demanding graphic wise as games like right. started being able to do more often and so uh resident evil 4 like definitely kind of sort of capital i feel capitalized on that in the sense where yeah it had more capacity to as games began began to have that capacity more uh i feel there was this kind of fear that resident evil would kind of get left behind because right. people would be like well it's not like i can play games that are super action-packed and yeah, like, like maybe slow yeah it like feels slow yeah it feels slow and clunky right. you know and like no, maybe I, I feel like it's a generational shift yeah where it's like people wanted halo and 
fast-paced shooters and stuff like that and capcom's just like make a halo but with resident <laughs> evil and they're like okay which i think it's important that i mean it's kind of cool chance of fate we ended up talking about resident evil zero before this and it's like if you watch that if you listen to that episode it's like we we loved it because it had everything that was like good in one two and three and it like kept it like kept the spirit of resident evil and right. like that one and they're like yeah fuck all that <laughs> yeah yeah and and i mean it was like there was a good time in between like zero and four yeah it was uh, like three years three years and then in game it's also six years so it kind of like establishes like it kind of puts to the past like raccoon city all yeah. those events that kind of binded zero through three all together um, it sort of puts that all aside and it's this fresh new start. And I mean, we get to see some familiar faces in it too, as well. Uh, even though we haven't talked about Resident Evil 2 yet, Leon, who is the lead yes. character in that game, returns uh, for the... Spoilers, he's spo- not dead. Yeah. So sorry. yeah, sorry we didn't mention... <laughs> if you, if yeah. you haven't listened to the podcast before, <laughs> or if you have, we usually talk about video games. So, so there's gonna be spoilers. Ooh. Yeah. Spoiled it. <laughs> Sorry, fam. Should we put like a spoiled it like a paint splat? Into <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Um, right. But yeah, so Leon like reprises his role as a lead. And it's, I mean, even Leon himself is so much different yeah, than he's, what... He's a completely different character. Yeah. And so, because a lot of the, um, like the story of Resident Evil... Uh, a lot of it had sort of this buildup of like this suspenseful tension kind of. You were trying to get to the bottom of like some mystery. Yeah, they're solving a mystery. Yeah, it always felt really good when you finally were like, "Aha!" You had that aha moment. And Resident Evil One, you know, it starts off. You literally know nothing about like fucking dogs attacked you, and you're yeah. now in this mansion. Like, you don't know anything about that. You don't know about the characters themselves. Like, yeah. besides the fact that they're part of some, like, special and you, like, tactics. you, know their names because you're like, Chris, get over here. Chris, this way. <laughs> so Make for that mansion. Such good voice acting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so the entire game, though, was uh, more interactive in the sense where there wasn't uh, a lot of breaks in the actual gameplay. So a lot of it, like, maybe you, like, I mean, you know, going into inventory screens, uh, picking up an item, but it would be something like uh, there wasn't cutscenes as prominent yeah. in those games as there was in 4. 4 were, was... Like, if we counted the cutscenes in 1, like, you could count them on, like, your two hands. You're like, mm-hmm. I can count them. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in 4, you're like, here's a cutscene. Five minutes later, cutscene. You want a cutscene? <laughs> You want a cutscene for picking up the shotgun? Here's a cutscene. Yeah, and so as a result, like in in one and zero and all those games, uh, you had there wasn't as much character development from cutscenes. There wasn't a whole lot of characters talking to each other. Like you kind of got the gist of characters and sort of, you know, what they were for, what they weren't for, and whatnot. But uh, there was never any really huge delving of it, which I kind of always sort of appreciate. Yeah. Sometimes when it comes to games where there's like this bigger mystery you're trying to get to the bottom of because as a result, you start to, as a player, I'll start projecting yeah, my myself onto that character. And when the mystery of the game is big, like it feels bigger than the character, then that's like a really effective tool to to keep you. Yeah, because like me as a player, like I want to get to the bottom of the mystery, yeah. 
And then I can also like project myself onto the, the character's actions yeah. to be like, when you which, know so little about. Them. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm a little bit like I can relate to that character more. Yeah. Um, and so like it's link. That's why it yeah, link works. Like, yeah. Like that's link at, at a core, like, and so, but going into it, so there's way more cutscenes, which obviously, like, they have to fill that with something. So it's usually character dialogue, development, story building. And, I mean, it is a suitable tool tool to tell the story. But from the get-go in Resident Evil 4, you kind of already know a little bit of everything that's going on. Like, the, there isn't some huge mystery going on right. where, like, you know that the president's daughter has been kidnapped. Yeah, you're on a mission as Leon... Literally, the opening cutscene is the guys talking, like, talking in the car. Like, it's a conversation is going on. So it's, like, automatically made more personal than this, like, spooky wooded area and, like, shit that goes on in 2 and 3 that we won't talk about just yet. Yeah. But it's, like, it it is focusing more immediately on character development where, again, like you learn Chris and Jill's names and then the rest is world building. And then like sometimes they interact with characters. It's like you're in a, you're immediately interacting with characters. Yeah. And just like the attention to detail in, in those games to the environment were so, uh, I mean, it was so detailed where you could just, you could tell they put a lot into the environment of it to feel like the environment was, this very prominent thing. Mm-hmm. It like it was its own character. Yeah, for sure. And so it's kind of interesting to see that transition happen in in four, where it becomes way less focused on necessarily like the overall mystery, the overall like environment or surrounding, and it's way more about the characters themselves. Um, and but one thing that I always kind of applaud for, for, which <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, is sort of a kind of still breaks away from, uh, I guess, a lot of the traditional sort of of its time, like when it came out more, it wasn't quite as linear as, I mean, it was still pretty linear, but there was the environment itself um, or the areas you'd go into. There was sort of a lot of optional exploration that you could do, which was kind of optional. optional. And, but that, the fact that like that existed was sort of nostalgic of, this older Resident Evil right. feel. Like, there was a lot of... I mean, if you knew what to do exactly in, in you know, older Resident Evil games, like, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, like, you can optimize your route and everything like that. Um, 4 was way more, I guess, directed in that sense, but you still had this yeah. ability to kind of go around to backtrack, and you're like, oh, shoot, I, can, I, I think I missed something over there. And, like, you can go and check it out. Yeah. Whereas in later Resident Evil games, it's way more like, here's point A, like the entire level is getting to point B and it's like sectioned into levels. Like it isn't a big area that you explore. It's just, all right, here we're going to go through this uh, like closed area. And then the next level is the next closed area. I think it's even made more apparent by the, the loss of the fixed camera, because as soon as you have the third person and you are in control of that camera, the player can look around wherever. I remember specific points where, uh, there's like a lot of points where you'll go up basically to like a cliff edge in four and like see the rest of your route that you'll like end up at. Yeah. And so like you already know that there's a lot of stuff like you're like, oh, I can go down the like you you are planning in your mind like as it's happening. You're like, oh, I can go down 
this area and there's a few enemies and it's like it kind of gives you a, a different way of exploring the map but a, a, like at the same time it, there's still like the enemies and like imminent threat that you have to like yeah. take care of um i mean also another interesting thing that's i mean became way more popular um in in games was it's <laughs> i always call it this kind of like metal gear solid effect where it's like metal gear the further you got in the games, uh, in the series of the games, like the more the games became a movie, a movie. <laughs> and so one thing that Resident Evil does is it introduces quick time mm-hmm. events. Resident Evil four introduces quick time events, which is always a way I feel for, well, it didn't introduce them. Well, it didn't introduce them, but, but like, they were a lot more prevalent. Yeah. It's like, but it's a way for, uh, during quick time during cutscenes. Oh, I, yeah, I would yeah, say, yeah. um, for it to feel like a way to make cutscenes feel like they're not actually cutscenes, like you're still doing something. Right, you can't just put the controller down. Right, watch but, a movie. But the fact that like such those kind of like button inputted, uh, quick actions existed was something that kind of I mean it's a total different feel for mm-hmm. for Resident Evil as well because it it seems way more reactive, I guess like instantaneously reactive whereas in older games like something would happen and like you could well you could either reverse it or maybe it's like zombies break through the window in the mansion and you like you have a moment to be like all right fuck (laughs) what do i I do yeah yeah like so yeah those like it was kind of this different type of quick time or like it sort of invoked a different sense of uh how how to think of the situation whereas this one it's like you're kept way more on your toes during things like that because you're like, I don't fucking know oh, what's yeah. going to fucking happen. Do I press, do I press circle? Do yeah. I, what do I do? Yeah, and so there was this uh, different sense of our... The danger, I guess, felt very different because yeah. it wasn't... Uh, it was a danger of like, well, maybe I'm just going to get gimmicked and die in this cutscene kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah. So like, I couldn't even be prepared for... So it's like, could you even enjoy the cutscene if you're like, is Salazar going to like come out and do something i gotta press x a bunch to avoid it or like because mm-hmm. that's what it felt like it's like you're watching a cutscene and they're like shoot a rocket and you're like oh god oh, oh, oh. oh god hit the button and you're like immediately taken out of like the the like cutscene aspect i mean it is a game so i mean it would make sense that the game designers would want to be like yeah we want you to play the game but we also want to have so many cutscenes, and you're constantly talking on the radio with everyone. Yeah, or just Hunnigan. <sighs> One person you talk to on the radio. You talk to Salazar sh- a oh, shit fuck. ton you on mean, the radio. Doing Salazar or Salazar? Salazar. Oh, okay. He fine. calls you and he's like, hey, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, I'm going to come get you, Salazar. And then he's like, well... Bite my bottom or like some <laughs> stupid shit like that. I don't know. He he does. He he interrupts you a shit ton. Right. And it like it's like that's a cutscene. It's like you you're the game stops, you're in the like resident you're in the Resident Radio. You're in Resident Radio Station, <laughs> three dog <laughs> with fucking metal gear and the like Yeah. Like to me just completely ruining the whole like horror anxiety survival horror aspect of it right because the only thing that makes resident evil 4 at this point like a survival horror is that you will get overrun by enemies or shot with too many rockets or whatever and die and like then you have not survived the survival horror and you you die whereas like dying in one and two and three felt so much more like more impactful because 
It's like you always had super control of that happening. Where yeah. it's like in four, it seems like you could just get overrun by enemies if you weren't managing your like position and shit. Yeah. Where it's like that does, that doesn't that cheapens the experience for mm-hmm. me. And I think that kind of uh, leads into sort of I think what's going to be a big talking point for for our episode is this transition of. Resident Evil going from this sort of genuine feeling where like the developers kind of sat down and they're like, we want to make this genuine survival horror kind of thing. Like zero. Yeah. Like they want to really like put their hearts into it and it kind of becomes more of, and I think again, this is kind of the, the trend of the video game genre at this point in history, but it becomes way more, I guess, gamey in a sense. And Mm. what I mean by gamey is like the, it's (laughs) like, Oh, yeah, it tastes a little gamey to me. Uh, it, what I mean by that is sort of the the developers kind of hand like spoon feed their uh, fans, the, like the fans of it. I guess kind the of? mechanics of the game aren't as it's to make it like it sort of eliminates a lot of the thought process. I yeah. think of trying to approach it's the like game, dumbing it down for sure. Yeah, and so it makes it way it appeals way more to a larger audience because you know more people can pick it up or maybe won't be as frustrated with it as easily. And it's kind of like sort of hand. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like they're holding your hand, holding your hand in it. And so, and a lot of good examples of this are sort of, you know, you might have something where like in, in Resident Evil one, you might read a diary entry and the diary entry, diary entry, uh, makes, sorry, I know. Yeah. It's like, I thought, I thought I was saying it wrong first. Uh, (laughs) you spooked yourself (laughs) too spooky for me. Uh, but you'd read, like, the diary, and it would, like, maybe give some sort of hint towards, like, a puzzle later on you'll encounter or mm-hmm. something you need to be on the lookout for. So maybe when it happens, if, like, you weren't just like, oh, diary, f- fuck this, I'm not going to read this journal. That's someone else's, right. like, private thoughts. Uh, <laughs> you're super respectful of people's, like, opinions. Like, oh, I better oh, not. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd be crossing the line on that one. <laughs> and, but... You'd read something like that, and you're like, oh, okay, like, that's that thing I need to pay attention to later on in the game. And then later on, it happens, you're like, oh, I know what to do now. But, like, it'll, a good example of, you know, it being really gamey is, like, you walk up to something, and it's literally just, like, a text box pops up and is, like, press this to do this. Or, you know, something, like, it's the the game just instructing you directly and what to do. So there's no real sense of, like, accomplishment and the idea that, like, you solved it yourself or... Like, you picked up the hints and pieced it all together. Like, it kind of is just given to you. They just took out steps. Yeah. And so, as a result, like, it kind of takes out this immersion sense, and it becomes way more, I guess, well, as I've been saying, like, gamey. (laughs) It becomes way more just straightforward. You don't have to think about it, you know. um, It kind of feels like a rail shooter. I mean, you are in complete control of your character, but it's like, if you were to just, like, watch the game and, like, six times fast motion you just see like and like you'd see like the character you'd see leon just like busting through like the entire game and like occasionally like shanking boxes and shit but yeah it would like look really weird i think where in comparison i think sped up resident evil one would be so weird to watch because it'd just be like like shifting camera (laughs) and like a little person like running around but so it's kind of this idea that um I don't know why that's important. (laughs) Well, I think you brought up an important part in it, too, that you wanted to talk about, which was, like, the idea of breaking boxes. But the game kind of feels like it's uh, sort of, I guess, selling out, in a sense, is an idea of, like, a gamey feel, where 
it feels as though the developers are looking at it and going like, well, how can we attract the largest audience and like get people to buy our product? Yeah. Like not necessarily like we're going to attract them with this like really unique experience. Like the experience you get in Resident Evil, you could find similar experiences in other games. Granted, it wouldn't have like the Resident Evil like brand logo the and touch. like the, yeah, the touch that makes it unique and special. But you could definitely find something way more similar to it than you could say like. Resident Evil 1 or like Silent yeah. Hill even kind it's of like, thing. To those, it's like still like what we've even mentioned, I think when we were talking about Resident Evil 1, it's like there's so many games being produced now and it's like you can always look back to games that exist and yet all these game developers are just like, just I want people to play this game and it's like this game already exists in a much better capacity than what you've created here. Yeah. So it's like Eh, why do you do this? Yeah, it doesn't feel necessarily inspiring. Like, it feels that the game at this point, or the series at this point, had enough traction that they yeah. knew they could just put a Resident Evil logo on it and that it would sell on that alone. Yeah, they like, stuck the characters in it. They stuck the T-Virus. They're like, here's the cliff. Now make us some money to fill our money pits. <laughs> money pits with Scrooge McDuck. Uh, but, yeah, so you would, like, and I guess talking more kind of like those gamey aspects of right. it that's sort of I it's guess. like literally in resident evil one when you're collecting items they're all things and with your limited inventory space it's like it adds to the realism the quote-unquote realism factor because you're like that immersion yeah feel. it's the immersiveness of like picking up items and being like shit i oh fuck i shouldn't pick up this green herb it's really fucking my inventory up and like all the pickups and diaries actually meaning something to the player because it's like limited resources really good world building in like smaller environments and then you go to four and there's barrels with money in them like a fucking donkey kong game <laughs> and like the world building is con is like consistently in cutscenes where you aren't actually getting like a big picture you're just having one-liners spouted from leon to salazar and back and forth until whatever but it's like it, uh, like like I said, it's it che it's cheapening the experience mm -hmm. because what felt like such a thought out process in one zero, the predecessors, they just like slapped it on four and were like, it's a new type of game. Yeah, and I mean, it also took away some of the, I mean, one some of the aspects that we really appreciated as well. Right. What kind of, well, kind of the cleverness of it, but I mean this. This door loading scenes. Oh my god, I fucking love the door loading scenes. I had written all these notes about why did they get rid of the door loading scenes. It doesn't make any sense because they're really cool. They don't cheapen the experience. Like if you watch, like I don't know how how if you watch a loading screen in four and it's just like a weird like blur motion blur towards you, and like. You're still going through a door, so they could have done it. And there's some really cool fucking doors. Just, I mean, that's what was so cool about the one remake, is they put so much detail into, like, there's, like, that painted door in the middle of the the stairway and yeah. shit like that. And it's, like, in 4, there are some really cool doors. I know they're just doors, but it's still, like, why did you take this out? This was a really cool and unique thing that you guys did. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, like... That imme that was immediately apparent to me. I was like, my doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. 
And I think also another point that you talked about as well was like the idea of you had to be like pick and choose with like your items in one and zero and like a lot of Resident Evil games. And like that still kind of exists in four. Like you still have an inventory space. But it's fucking huge. Yeah. And like granted, like when you start the game off, it's smaller and then like you can buy up to it. Yeah. But it's you can still have a shit ton of things in it. You can and carry so, like all the weapons in the game. Maybe not all of them, but... Like, well, yeah, but, like, if I, you put, like, one away, you're like, oh, I can carry the rocket launcher now. Or yeah. Whatever. But it's so, like, you have that going on, but also, as well, the the idea where it's, like, you know, money, for example, doesn't have a, like, a item slot kind of thing. Right. And so, as a result, you can always kind of, like, pick up more money. Yeah, it's a bonus. Yeah. And I think leading into the kind of... Even that, or that leads into our more of the gamey sense, is this introduction of a shop as well, which I think is a huge uh, change, or yeah, like departure from like the original, the predecessors, just because having a shop kind of eliminates uh, that fear of restraint, yeah, which, was, which was something that was very much part of the experience of, of Resident Evil 1, I mean, you know, just prior Resident Evils, where you had to be like really thoughtful with your ammo, you had to be really thoughtful with your healing, um, you had to make choices of like, well, can I take healing with me? And for me as a player, like when I when I played a lot of Resident Evil One before I like got like understood where everything was and everything and like what I could afford to take and what I couldn't afford to take, uh, there was still this idea of like this fear in the back of my mind where I didn't want to uh, like progress forward sometimes because I was so scared I didn't have enough healing and. Uh, I would be like, okay, well, I don't want to take unnecessary damage because my healing is a big deal. So I'm like, I'm kind of scared to sort of explore the next area because what if there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, I take a shit ton of damage and I have to run back and heal. Giant spiders. Giant spiders. <clears throat> and so a lot of, uh, like, with four, though, that's kind of eliminated because even though, you know, you still only find healing items, you can now buy first aid sprays. For, first aid sprays? <laughs> first aid sprays. Sprays. From the uh, <laughs> from the shopkeeper. So even if I manage to, and granted, like they're pretty expensive, but even yeah, look, what are you buying? What are you buying? Even if I manage to, like, take a shit ton of damage, I always know I'm like, oh, I can just go and buy more yeah. first aid sprays. Like my bro is gonna be dead. Yeah, like he'll hook me up, kind of thing, right? And so he's like, I will. I'll hook yo. you up, stranger. <laughs> it's and so a lot of a lot of that kind of takes out that experience of feeling like or you know I, I have to be really thoughtful with my healing I have to be really thoughtful with my ammo um or like it also kind of removes the idea of like finding a new weapon as well too because eventually on you just buy I mean granted you would find some weapons in the game but in four a lot of the weapons you'd buy you just buy it from the shopkeeper yeah and so you're kind of like, all right. They're uh, optional, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, you know, they're better later in the game, so it's like, well, shit, I better buy better weapons. Um, but you'd still have to, like, you just you just go to the shopkeeper and find them. It kind of takes up the fun of, like, oh, shit, like, I got the shotgun, you know? Or, like, oh, fuck, I got the yeah. magnum kind of thing. The, like, upgrades don't feel as up. <laughs> as up, yes. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but it's uh, that entire concept, though, in, in a Resident Evil game, it doesn't feel like it's not that it doesn't belong, but it feels 
very detracted from the original idea right. of what was Resident well, Evil. How scarce is the money, I guess, in Resident Evil 4? To me, it looked like it was just fucking everywhere. It was like fountain of <laughs> fucking gold. Fucking Midas touch. Yeah, there. seriously. It, 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 to me, it's like, would it then benefit the player to like save their money throughout the game and buy the like better upgrades or does like the do you get more amounts of money from later parts in the game that then scale with the more expensive like <laughs> was there any point <laughs> was there any point it's funny cuz you like the game and well it's so cuz for me i guess when i played it i went into a much different mindset and there's still like don't get me wrong even though we're kind of like sort of tearing yeah. apart resident evil 4 there's still a lot of parts of the game that i appreciate where like it was kind of this maybe like maybe it was an intentional nod maybe it wasn't but it kind of goes back to these roots and there's like uh one point in the game before you fight salazar the you know little little ramon salazar fucking napoleon uh, napoleon of fucking spain but it's not spain because it doesn't establish yeah it's just europe guys yeah um cabrons <laughs> uh but um fuck one thing about it is that leading up to the salazar fight there's a point where you fight uh salazar's right hand man and right. you have to like run down this very long narrow tunnel and oh. And then, like, at the end, you get into this room where you have to, like, you get into this kind of figure-eight sort of area that's, like, really small and constricted. Yeah. And his, like, he jumps down and he looks like the fucking alien from, like, he's Alien. Cool yeah, he's, like, hella ball. He's kind of like a bird person. Yeah, and it kind of, like, you can you can fight him straight on. You have to, like, turn on the shutter control and you have to wait, like, a minute before it opens up. And then you have to, like go and activate the elevator which takes like another like two minutes to like for it to arrive kind of thing but it's like this idea that i felt existed in older resident evils where there were multiple approaches to a boss whereas for the most part in this game like it's pretty much like there's the boss wait for the weak point kill it kind of thing with a quick time event yeah with either a quick time event or like you shoot it a bunch and then it's like oh it's it's just waiting for you to deliver the final blow kind of you know and so there was a lot of it, usually by a quick time event. Um, I mean, and, it was very prevalent. Yeah, and but this fight, you didn't have to do that. Like you could, you could fight him. There was also like CO two tanks. You could th- or like th- maybe nitroglycerin. I can't remember. Like you can throw him down and freeze him, and he takes oh, more yeah. damage. And so if you kill him, he drops like. Well, I mean, he drops something you can just sell later on. So it's money, like, money, <laughs> money but, for the money guy. <laughs> yeah, but like you can still fight him if you wanted to and kill him, or so you could just. You, yeah, just having the Your option of, like, thing. yeah, you can just evade him and, like, try to elude him until the elevator arrives and stuff. So I thought that was awesome. The fact that, like, it had this really kind of old Resident Evil feel. Like, you know, you could fight Plant 42 in the, the Residence in Resident Evil 1, or you could kill it with V-Jolt if you figured, like, that puzzle right. out. Uh, the Snake Boss, you didn't actually have to fight. You can just kind of, well, the first time around. You can just go in and grab the Death Mask and Get run out. out. Yeah. And having just, yeah, those options available make the game, makes the game feel like I'm thinking outside the box. Yeah. Like, it isn't spoon-fed to You're me. You're choosing something that the developers, like, give you that option. So it's like, obviously, it's in the game. Yeah. But it totally, like, suddenly expands. It's like you've taken a separate path because... You didn't do the one thing that you're doing the entire game by killing it. You're like, whoa, I can do this other thing? That's freaking cool. What else do you like about Resident Evil 4, Paul? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> um, that like that entire well, that sequence in itself had a lot of the, no, like I kind of had the same nostalgia fear where I felt like I was kind of being choked in like a an environment oh, I gotcha. too, which was something that so it brought back like the same feeling. Yeah, of just like oh, like this really small environment, like. I gotta be careful and kind of dodge and stuff, and I can't like just run the fuck around. Like it is a really cool fight. Like so that part, and then there's also another. I can't remember what this fucking boss was, but like you're in this like little lift thing, and it's like really you have to like activate buttons, and it like tries to crawl at you and shit, and it's like. Uh, so it's you like, like the bosses. Yeah, well, some of, of the bosses. Yeah. Like, and then the other ones are just straight up like, all right, just shoot them fast, kind yeah. of thing, you know, like. And that that part was very much. This just one's like, literally a troll from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, like, um, it also had the thing where like if you save the dog earlier in the in the game, like from the right. trap, he'll help you in the fight against right. the, the troll from Lord of the Rings. I fucking remember that. Um, he's but, like, yay, yay. and then he yeah. runs off, and you're like, <laughs> you're fucking, like dog. fucking dog, fucking <laughs> dog, and then he's like, yay, yay. yeah. So like I thought those were really cool that you could uh, you could do things like that. Um, those things I always appreciate because it makes my extra effort or like going the extra mile feel like, cause the game doesn't tell you something like, right, like doing, ding. doing events like helps out, like might help out later kind of yeah, thing. Like I just, unlocked. yeah. Saved like, dog for later. For hint, later. Hint, wink, hint, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. And so I feel like the game kind of rewards my behavior of being curious because I'm just curious by the environment, not by design, by design, yeah. not by, because the game told me I should be curious about things. Yeah, like a hint, like remember, yeah, like be a human and investigate things. Yeah, and so so there's a lot of that uh that exists in the game that makes me feel like I'm actually doing something as a player where it's my own choice and not because the game is telling me to do so. I gotcha. See, and for me just I I was so like attached to the previous games having four immediately be this third person action shooter was like, this isn't resident evil. Like this isn't what I wanted in my sequel. And then it's so like apparent that four really had this huge following because of its like mass appeal. And they further made five and six like they tailored it to this audience that now liked four and the fans like me who was like one two three zero masterpiece yeah it's <laughs> also like i feel that resident evil four well so because i always say like you know resident evil four is the one that kind of feels like it still has a little bit of horror left in it like you get into five and six dude and like that shit's like that shit's not even scary anymore no. that shit's just like let's fucking kill like yeah. <laughs> yeah. like it's oh my god but i feel that four kind of had the same feel that like almost dead like i feel dead space did capture the horror oh, yeah. like that i wanted four to capture right. so four didn't capture it quite as well as dead space one yeah but dead space one like really captured that perfect like, example yeah like a good example of like how to make a game feel like a horror game yeah. while still being an action shooter. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a great comparison. So I, that's kind of the the Even feel the like necromancers <laughs> or the, the necromorphs. Yeah. That's kind of the feel I got from from four is like this kind of Dead Space one feel. Oh, but I yeah. feel like Dead Space one kind of looked at four and was like, 
we can do that, but we can do it better. That is a great comparison. But I also think it's kind of like that, it's that Resident Evil idea, though, because I feel like Resident Evil always is, like, such a huge backbone to inspiring other horror. Right. Like, so Resident Evil 4, while on its own, like, maybe is good, but maybe not the best. Right. But As a Resident Evil game. Yeah. As a game, it's, like, it's polished, it's got game stuff yeah like it's it's enough people have fun with it yeah Mm -hmm. and but then it kind of gets to this uh yeah like dead space looked at it and like we can do that but we can do it better and you know they put their own turn on it their own twist and as a result it was like our dead space one was like this really fucking scary game yeah but yeah and it's like dead space had the same resident evil problem where like one was really good and all the developers were like super into it and two was still really really good i i really still enjoyed two and then three they're like it's co-op now and not scary at all yeah and you're like ah it's cheapening the experience Mm -hmm. it's still like three dead space three had so much from one like it's exactly the same yeah it's like history repeating itself where a survival horror game turns into this Super action. Fucking, yeah, rough them up shooter. Yeah, and that's like, and there's, I mean, there's still things that Resident Evil 4 does. Like, it has the, um, actually, well, it's more kind of like that gamey sense still, where it has, like, you have the, the escort aspect of it, where, like, there's this person that, oh, yeah. You can't just go guns a blazing into every situation because you get, like, later on, you have Ashley, you have to escort, and she can't defend herself. So, like, you can't go guns a blazing, you have to, like, wait up for Ashley and stuff, make sure she's not getting captured and whatnot. And then also, uh, in, you have, I mean, also another, another detail is that, uh, saves, you have infinite amount of saves. Oh yeah. Too. Whereas like in, in older Resident Evil games, you yeah. can only save a certain amount of time. So right. it's limited by how many ink ribbons you had. But yeah. And it makes sense in four because there's so many more enemies and ways to die that, if you didn't have unlimited saves and you didn't know that you were wasting your saves in four, it would totally just eliminate half of the player base that like would get a game over, not be able to like save from that point and just be like, fuck this game. I'm yeah. Done. Plus it's like, it kind of also, I mean, kind of cheap cheapens the experience. If you evaluate it from that prior, like the prede- predecessors of the fact that, um, you can just die so much more frequently in four too. So as a result, you like go into four and you're like, all right, cool. Uh, I'm going to go into this. Oh, quick time. Oh, I died. Cause I didn't do the right input. I'm dead. Whereas like in, in one, it was a huge deal because you would save so few and far in between where it's like, if you die in one, you're like, you're like, I am Fuck, five dude. hours back. <laughs> like think of all the shit I just did. Like I have to go do that again. Like it was, it was yeah. huge amounts. And then yeah, you, you die in four and you're like, all right, I guess I'm just like, Back two minutes two minutes back yeah. yeah like it's just literally you're right there again into it and so as a result dying doesn't feel all that it, like as a punishment it doesn't feel like a punishment yeah. or like it doesn't feel like a big deal because you just you just die you get right back into it whereas in older ones you're like you die and you're like are you like you tried so fucking hard not to die yeah. and so dying like the fear of dying was such a huge part of the psychological aspect of like the horror element whereas yeah. like that's really just lessened in this yeah it's completely iteration. gone yeah but bringing back dead space i can't even believe how revel- relevant it is dead space has like the pause screen that isn't actually a pause screen 
saves at specific points. Oh my god, it improved. It like, oh, Dead Space is so... Go play Dead Space. <laughs> I feel that like for Dead, Dead Space wouldn't have been as good if Resident Evil 4 didn't exist. Yeah, either. no, I think the developers, whoever worked on that, if they hadn't played Resident Evil, like, I mean, if they haven't, I'm surprised. Yeah. There's so many elements in that game. Like, I haven't even thought about Resident, like, Dead Space 1 in years now. And I'm, like, thinking, I'm like, oh, my God. Talking about Resident Evil 1, and we're just, like, reliving Dead Space. Yeah. And it's kind of like, because, you know, Resident Evil 4 wasn't altogether, like, it wasn't all that much scary. Whereas Dead Space was. But you look at it, and you're like, well... What they do is pretty similar, so how is it that Dead Space is really scary while Resident Evil 4 isn't? Yeah. But, like, Dead Space has all these ideas of, like, you can still explore a lot. Like, maybe you don't backtrack as much, but, you know, the areas feel way more detailed and flushed out that it does feel like you kind of backtrack within zones a lot. Yeah. And, but it's those kind of things of, like, how do we make the player feel like they're on edge? You know, like, even if you can save and you die right afterwards, it's the idea of, like, well, your pause screen isn't actually a pause screen. Like, you can still be attacked. Like, you don't... There's not an abundance of enemies, uh, but, you know, they're still kind of like... They can jump scare a little yeah, bit. and, and like, like, kill you and, easily. Yeah, and so this idea... And, like, you have an inventory as well that can be filled up. It's restricted to, like, the amount of items. And so uh, there's just, like... It took a lot of things, and, like, it really identified how do we keep the player on edge. And yeah. But I think it kind of needed to have that established player base of people who would be wanting and willing to play that kind of third person action horror. And so it's being able to take like an action horror and make it a survival action horror was something that they really wanted to like strive for and also kind of put on that psychological twist on it. And so I think looking at Resident Evil four in regards to a game like dead space, like it's obvious to see that like they, they both are very different, but also have so much similarity with them too. And not just like their core gameplay elements, but also like stuff that they're drawing from and like just the ultimate. And kind of think about dead space one as a, as a story altogether too, like Dead Space One, like there was some character like development, like there were cutscenes in like, right. a, well, not really cutscenes even. There was like very little cutscenes. Yeah, like you'd have just like something happening, like, like walking by. Yeah, and Ari would be like, you know, a person pops up on your little like, like talking to oh, him, yeah. but like it wouldn't disturb the game. Like you could still get attacked during that, right? Or something, and then. Well, I don't know for that for sure. Usually when you, like, were, like, looking down, I remember it, like, it slows you down to a walk and you're, like, in a safe corridor, usually, yeah. I think. okay. So it was still, like, a cutscene, but it didn't feel... Like a cutscene. Yeah, it didn't feel like they didn't literally bring up the entire Radio Resident Evil and fucking <laughs> blast it on your And TV. you would have, like, that idea, too, of the game, like, from a story perspective, the game wasn't about necessarily the characters. Like, you had the dilemma of Isaac, but there was still the idea of, like, what is what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this overall mystery that we need to get to the bottom of? And so the characters, the players themselves feel way more immersed trying to figure out that question than like, how is, how is Leon going to get Ashley to feel comfortable while being in a, in Europe? Is her skirt too short? Yeah. We'll find out next time (laughs) on Resident Evil radio. But yeah, so there's just a, a lot of, I think we can identify a lot of elements that make a game really kind of fill that psychological horror mm-hmm. aspect 
where it becomes it plays with the it messes with the players more than it messes with the characters right. in game. Yeah, because it's like you you want to be the one that things are happening to. You don't really care specifically about Isaac. It's like you get his backstory. You you kind of get Leon's backstory by playing too, or like knowing mm. about it. It's like th- they they keep so much from you, um, like in Dead Space about Isaac. That again, it's like you can put yourself in his shoes. Yeah. to a point. Also, another thing I just remembered too is that uh, Resident Evil Four was the f- first Resident Evil to introduce a HUD as well. Right, I know we haven't talked That's about. We haven't even talked about. I mean, about there's that. so it's... much in the game. I feel like we've touched touched on a lot of good, like solid points. Not just gameplay, not just. I don't know. I don't really. Like, the like... soundtrack is kind of whatever to me. Mm. I didn't. I didn't really like. Oh, that track's fucking great. I'm gonna listen to that. It was yeah. like. Unlike in Resident Evil 1 when you go to certain places and you are automatically like stricken with dread or something like that, it's like for, I don't know, it, it did feel more produced. It was like, here's a horror soundtrack. <laughs> I don't know. The whole cheapening of the, the series to me is like, yeah. starts at four. Yeah. And so it's kind of this, uh, overall the game kind of has that sift, or that feeling of that like that shift where it's kind of the the goodbye to uh well it's not the goodbye but it's like the reintroduction of this new idea of what the game is going to be what the series where where they're taking resident evil do you did the did the movies any movie resident evil come out in between like maybe like 2001 or something i don't like to talk about the movies i know but like they exist and they're literally called resident evil so they might have had some impact on how the game... Like, the fact that, like, shit became more magically explained. Right. Like, that's... I don't know. That's kind of how I felt the series itself kind of progressed. Like, things became less scientific, and they tried to stop explaining zombies to the point where... It, like, it wasn't bio... Biochem... Chemical right. warfare, or whatever. Like, like magical liquid. It was magical parasite that was a fossil. And, and it's, it's like the alien, and it yeah, bursts out of your like, chest. So it kind of felt more, like, magical. Than, and as a result, that doesn't feel as scary. Like, I don't feel that... Imp- that yeah. doesn't impression me with the idea of, like, dread, or, yeah, like, like, this could the actually... personal journals. This could actually happen. Yeah. 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 All right. Holy shit. We talked about Dead Space 1 more than... I <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh... What? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this has been Resident Evil Four. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna send you to a promo for the Z Two podcast. Uh, it's two Zacks and <laughs> the Steve now, but they're still called Z Two for some reason. Yeah, so uh, pretty sweet. They're pretty sweet though. They talk about comics and shit like that. So if you really like comics and Marvel movies, TV, yeah, and all that, they touch on like pop stuff as well. But yeah. yeah Star Wars they talked about. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, overall though, it's like, they're pretty sweet and you should check them out. Yeah, so we're going to play their promo now. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Meta Podcast. If you are looking for any other cool podcasts out there, you can check out the Z2 Podcast. I'm Zach. And I am also Zach. And we'll bring you the latest in comic books, pop culture, and everything else in between, give you our opinion on them, and do some dumb stuff along the way as well. So you can check us out at Facebook, Twitter, 
We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play, and you can check us out at z2podcast.com. Now, back to the Meta Podcast. Love you, Internet. And we are back, as you heard in the uh, Z2 promo. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Meta Podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for more critiques and all that good stuff because, I mean, we're just two guys doing a podcast with a microphone and ideas in our head. So remember, you've been meta Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.